Welcome to Not So Chronic, a place where we discuss the real truth in healing ourselves from chronic diagnosis. My name is Sarah and I'm a self-healers coach for women who want to step into the healer and leader they are born to be. Think of this podcast as your radical guide in unleashing yourself from all the BS you were told and awaken yourself to your power, your worth, and your innate ability to heal yourself. Through our stories from suffering and diagnosis to real healing and transformation, we are the revolution. We are not so chronic. Hey guys, welcome to Not So Chronic. I'm really excited for this episode. I have my client, Abby. Abby is a self-healer, yoga teacher, and meditation guide. I'm so excited she's gonna be here. Um, telling us all about her healing journey and everything she has been learning as she goes through healing multiple chronic illnesses and all the symptoms that come with that. So welcome, Abby. I'm so excited that you're here. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. Um, I'm really happy to be here. Yes, we're so happy to have you here. I can't wait to get stuck in to your healing journey and all the amazing things that you've uncovered as you have been knuckling down and doing your inner work and showing up for yourself, all the transformations you've been through. You know, I'm so proud of you and absolutely love working together. And I'm just so excited that we are here now on the podcast. So let's dive in. Wonderful. So where to begin? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, Maybe just to say a little bit more about me. So as Sarah was mentioning, um, I'm healing multiple um, chronic illnesses. Um, The one that had the most debilitating symptoms was probably the uh, complex regional pain syndrome or the CRPS, which I developed in about 2018. I mean, this really, really forced me to take a long, hard look at my life uh, in the sense where I was suffering, you know, chronic pain, fatigue, uh, muscle spasms, uh, brain fog. You know, I could even wear shoes because my feet were so uh, sensitive, as well as like, you know, the whole, this, all the side effects that come with the cocktail of drugs that you obviously put on when you're given, you know, such a, such a diagnosis. And then all the access needs on top of that. So, for example, like not being able to walk with a cane or not being able to shower standing up, not being able to lift things. I mean, I'm sure many of those listening will, will know about these kinds of symptoms and everything. Yeah. That comes with- and it's always so crazy for me when you tell me this, because I know you as the woman you are now, and I can't imagine the cane and all those things, but that was real. That was your real experience with the chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, even when, I mean, that's what the podcast is about, right? You know, like even when you are told that the, you know, the condition is chronic, like, I think uh, myself and yourself and many of uh, the other women in the the membership, you know, we're proof that you can, you can heal. I think, you know, the inner work that we've been doing together, you know, has really allowed me to maybe understand some of the reasons why I got sick. Mm. Um, So really being able to understand and analyze like what have been the inner needs fueling my symptoms, because although I had come a long way before we started working together, I hadn't been doing necessary. I've been doing some inner work, but I haven't been really doing any inner work about my body or the symptoms or anything like that. Maybe I'd started working on, I don't know, perfectionism or 
I don't know, um, boundaries or things like that. But I hadn't really started actually uncovering, you know, what, like, why had this specific symptom come up? And what was it asking me to, to do? Yeah, so many of us start this healing journey with the self-care and we are all about the self-care, but then something comes up and we're like, I can't be bothered to do the yoga today or whatever. It doesn't have to be the yoga. It's standing there and juicing, um, doing something else, loving for yourself, um, getting up at sunrise or whatever. And then we're like, okay, but why can I not be bothered? Or what, what's going on here? And this is the process of self-awareness and uncovering things. So then we don't have to force ourselves to do the things that are really the medicines, the self-care, the self-love, we don't have to force ourselves to do those things. We do those things because we heal the underlying, like you said, the inner needs, the inner work. And then we don't have to force. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly it. And I think, uh, I mean, if we just take the example of the ankle pain specifically, it forced me into stillness. Like I had to rest. I had to take care of myself. You know, I had to take the medicine. I had to, you know, go to the hydrotherapy or do the physiotherapy or whatever. But I had to listen to my body as well as take care of my mind, right? Because, you know, when you are, you know, when you lose um, accessibility, you know, you really need to take care of your mind, of course. And so that really forced me to do like a complete life or overhaul, as you can call it. So, you know, I was working like a full time job. I had to move to like a part time job. Mm. Um, I was I had like zero work life balance, like zero. Like I'm talking about weekends, evenings, like I was working um, to having a very like strong work life balance. And of course, that takes time to develop. Right. And then, um, you know, like having zero boundaries. I mean, like it was only maybe a year or two ago that I actually discovered what was a boundary. Mm. (laughs) Uh, So I went from like having no boundaries to having sort of very firm boundaries in place. And like, I would say all these kinds of changes are the changes that I had to make in my life in order to be able to heal. The thing was coming up for me as you were talking there about going from full-time to part-time and starting to make these changes. I wonder if you were like me in that we saw this as a sacrifice. We saw this as a, this chronic illness is making me give up things I love and it's making me, and I can only work part-time now. And I'm not saying this, I'm not making fun. I, I genuinely was there and I thought giving up teaching English was the worst thing ever. And now I'm like, it was the best thing ever. <laughs> Thank God I give up teaching English. Um, so I wonder about your experience there with giving up this like powerful full-time status that you had to go into a, a new identity with. I'm really glad you brought that up because it was a massive issue for me. Uh, It took me nearly a year (laughs) to pluck up the courage to ask to do that, despite the fact that, of course, the doctors were like, you can't be working all these hours. You need to take care of yourself. So you have the doctors saying that. But for me, I had some, I mean, this is the inner work. I had some beliefs around work. I had some very strong beliefs around work you know, a belief that, you know, in order to be successful, you needed to work very hard and working very hard meant, you know, burnout. It meant working all the hours. It meant self-sacrifice. I recognize that now as self-sabotage, but this sort of need to be productive, this inability to be, to rest. And of course, you know, that's sort of, you know, these are my sort of the, in, the inner beliefs and sort of what I had been internally programmed to think. So, of course, when it came to even moving to part-time job, 
it was but if I'm part-time, I'll be lazy. You know, if I'm part-time, then, you know, I won't be as worthy anymore. If I'm part-time, you know, people will judge me. But actually going part-time, I mean, I wish I'd done it right away, but I wish I'd done it long ago because being part-time actually enabled me to be able to focus on my healing more. It still allowed me to, you know, gain an income, whatever, but I was living so much more in alignment compared to when I was working full-time. And actually after some time, I like right now, um, I'm still healing. I'm actually not working now, and maybe we'll get to that later. Um, but I can't. I can't imagine myself anytime soon working full time. Like no. <laughs> yeah, because you've now shifted that the the idea of what it means to be this to be full time is to be of higher value and worth and status. Because it was never really about the money for you. It was only about, well, that's what, that's what you do. You go to work five days a week, 40, 50, 60 hours. That's what you do. And then you come home exhausted and that means you've been productive. And now you've rewired that productive doesn't have to mean burnt out, manifesting illness. In a way, it's almost like we get to a point where we're like, when we do get a migraine or really bad pain or whatever our specific illness symptom diagnosis is, and it flares, it validation of just how hard we've worked and then Mm -hmm. we can say I think I overdid it yeah I overdid it but that's such a um in the depth of inner work that's still only the surface level because then it's like why why do I overdo it why is this a pattern that I flare I rest up I take time off work I go back I do it again I overwork right yeah I think that's exactly exactly it. And I think, I mean, the sector I was working in, so I've been working in the development sector, the international development sector for the past 10 years, um, you know, it's an environment like many others where it's just expected you're going to work the overtime. It's expected you're going to put extra hours in, that you're going to sort of go the extra mile, not on occasion, but every day. And so there, I think there are many people that are in this position where, you know, sort of constant burnout and constant lack of self-care and constant self-sabotage ends up in, in something like this. And I even said to, to my boss as I was uh, leaving my, my job uh, last month, you know, like, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the job that made me sick. Like, I can't say it's the job that made me sick, but it was my lifestyle that came with the job that made me sick in a way. Yes. And what the choices you make enable you to keep manifesting and positioning yourself around that's very empowering to to shift um the even just the vocabulary of that makes me sick that food makes me sick that job made me sick she made me sick that relationship made me sick and to step out of that to this very radical very revolutionary stance which is I manifest symptoms and illness from my own growth evolution consciousness (laughs) however woo or non woo you want to be but ultimately that's where we both stand isn't it that it's not that it's our fault or that we did it to ourselves in some like conscious level of like punishment in fact it's the opposite it's to step out of this idea that we punish ourselves and to rewire that the body only supports you in everything you believe yeah no absolutely like I didn't know I was misaligned that was the tricky thing with me like I was hugely passionate about my work I liked I even you know loved my job so you know that made it even 
harder in a way to make these different transitions, whether it's going to part-time or, you know, actually leaving that job because the job also gave me a sense of worth. In that case, I was worried about leaving my worth behind. You know, the job was well-paid. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. It was fulfilling. It was meaningful. And it also sort of gave me that validation, that, that purpose, you know, even when I was leaving this job or getting around to leaving this job, I also had to do a lot of inner work on sort of why that job brought me worth. And, you know, to, to ultimately, and that's also through yoga. Um, and I'm not just talking about the physical practice of yoga, but, you know, yoga in all its entirety um, and the inner work that we've done together to actually be able to understand that I'm innately worthy and that I don't have to, you know, work all these crazy hours to feel worthy. And I don't need to, you know, like we can rest at any moment and actually rest is healing. Rest is, can sometimes actually be the most productive thing you can do, which is not at all what we, you know, the, the patterns that many of us, you know, are, you know, those, what we're programmed to is, is completely not that. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. It's just something we say all the time that we ought to rest and that we should rest. But then when we rest, I'm doing air quotes, we actually have this pattern of like doing television, doing social media, doing something, calling a friend, giving advice, helping someone and just like more doing. We're perpetually doing. Yes. And I'm curious why or what affects going to work, having all these, working all these hours, burning up, get flaring and then manifesting more symptoms what would you say would be the purpose in all of that now that you know and you've stepped out of that and you, you've seen now from this new perspective that you have what would that have been all about for you part of it again was this sort of the forcing me into stillness forcing me to rest take care of myself but then I think um, some of the symptoms and I realized this a lot later is also linked to another core need of mine which is like the need to be taken care of so as somebody that's pretty independent, you know, I don't really like <laughs> things being done for me or I didn't really like things being done for me in the past. And so it was also an opportunity to kind of, you know, accept help from others and actually realize that it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's okay to, to accept support from others. And I think that was another need that the chronic pain allowed me to fulfill. Um, but I mean, I think every time that I, you know, worked myself silly, I would get sick. And this was even before I manifested chronic symptoms, you know, like I would have tonsillitis or I would get a cold or I would get food poisoning. And I didn't realize it at the time, but my body was just asking me to rest. You know, it was saying, hey, Abby, you can't continue working like this. You, you need to put yourself first. So, I mean, even... <laughs> Even a couple of weeks ago, I got food poisoning and my, re, you know, my relationship, my body has changed so much to the point where before I would be like, I would be criticizing myself for falling sick. I would be like, oh, it's your fault that you got sick. You gave yourself food poisoning. You're so lazy. Now you need to rest in bed, blah, blah, blah. Whereas now I'm like, okay, body, um, you need me to rest. Are you talking to me? Okay. Okay, I'll rest. And I was able to see in that moment that, yeah, I'd been kind of maybe rushing around a bit much. I hadn't been prioritizing rest or self-care in the way that I like to, in a way that supports my healing. And so I think a lot of the, the flares or, you know, falling ill, burning out, 
you know, that's sort of what was behind it, I think, for me. Yes, I love that. And it's, I really want to emphasize that the rest, it's not, we've said before, it's not this unproductive napping and and resting and kind of wasting the days away because I was there too uh, for it sort of got prolonged to years because as with the chronic fatigue and the pain and the symptoms you can end up kind of perpetually resting there's like this we're swing and then on one we're like overdoing 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 burnout need to rest and then all the other side of it is like I've been resting for three five years I've been resting for 10 years I don't need to rest anymore so now it's like okay so what is this, what are we doing when we're resting? Because for you, I know with that food poisoning and other, other things that you've been through, the rest has allowed you to integrate and do the inner work and assess and self-inquire and take responsibility and love yourself. So it's not just, I'm going to let myself rest, put on a face mask and, um, and watch TV, which can be medicinal, can be exactly what you need to do. But then the the healing power, the fuel, the inner work that we keep talking about, maybe it looks like meditation, maybe it looks like journaling, maybe it looks like something else. Um, speaking to yourself in the mirror, there's all different ways it can play out. But it's in exploring your underlying pattern, seeing that that's a pattern and holding yourself accountable, not just the physical act of resting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, in my case, journaling has been great because sometimes I'll manifest a headache <laughs> or whatever. And actually I'll sit down and be like, oh, what's behind this headache? And I'll realize that, you know, maybe I've been, um, you know, charging around <laughs> and then I'll get a headache. And then, I mean, it sounds crazy, but the moment I start to realize what's the reason behind the headache <laughs> in a few hours it's gone or sometimes you don't need to know what's behind the headache you just need to listen to your body and do what feels right I mean for some people it might be oils for some people it might be taking a bath for somebody Mm. else it might be going to have a massage or doing some gentle yoga like I think that's the other thing healing looks different you know on everyone Um, but I mean you don't always need to know exactly what you know, at, at the time, what that symptom is, but sometimes, you know, being able to say, I know it's happened to me before where I've like had a headache or something. And I really wanted to know like, what's going on. And like, sometimes you, you, you can't know, but sometimes just allowing yourself to accept that that's where you are today, that can already be self-soothing. Yes, absolutely. Because that then is taking you down another path. And then in that space of, Um, okay, I'm manifesting this headache. I'm charging, like you said, you know, the headaches making me think of being head first and maybe protecting the heart or maybe you're so analytical, logical, rational, in your head, ruminating, thinking, thinking, thinking. And even if we don't link it specifically with it's because this thing in my relationship or it's because it's this thing at work and it's this thing in my life. And even if we're like, I don't see any correlation. Maybe what where we get led by having that headache is a chance, well, a chance. I don't believe in chance or luck, but because I believe we are controlling it. So maybe we have that headache, which leads us to watch something, speak to someone, go somewhere. And then when we do that, 
we find ourselves down some other path and that leads us somewhere else. And so maybe the headache, even the chronic migraines, the TMJ, the chronic fatigue, the chronic pain, all the names, all the labels are just necessary bus stops along this path that we're going down. We pick it up, we pick up the lesson, we do the inner work, we transmute the underlying pattern and we carry on and we move on to the next, the next part of our life that we had to learn that previous lesson to keep on going to the next thing. What else has been huge for you in your healing? The biggest revelation for me, and this was actually down to you (laughs) and the 21 day healing journey was starting to believe that I could heal. I think, you know, many of us, when we're given these chronic diagnoses, in many cases, multiple chronic diagnoses, um, you know, we're told, oh yeah, you, you probably won't recover. There's no cure. Um, and you're kind of almost brainwashed into thinking that you're not going to recover. And then even if they do say like, oh, you know, some people recover, but it's really rare, you know, because you don't have any sense of self-worth because you're in that space, you're not going to believe you're going to heal. You're not going to be one of the lucky ones, right? Lucky ones in, the, mm-hmm. in air quotes, turning point for me in my healing journey, because I'd been making progress. Of course, I'd been, I'd been healing because we're all healing right? But when I started this, this journey, which was last year, this healing journey, I actually started to believe that I could heal because that belief wasn't there before. Like I was doing the work, I was doing the yoga, I was showing up to physiotherapy. I was doing all the things. I was doing all the healing protocols, all the ways I could manage my condition, right? Manage the symptoms, Mm. but I didn't believe that I could heal. Right, because no one told you. Yeah, no one told me. No one told me. That sort of shift in mindset, so from believing that I couldn't heal to believing that I could heal and that I was healing, that made a big difference in terms of like, I mean, I'm not sure whether I would have been able to stop using the cane or come off my medication as I did uh, a few months back had it not been for that mindset shift. Yes, absolutely. The belief that we can heal. And it's, it, it seems strange at first and something that we maybe don't want to trust because, well, if I believe that I can heal, then that means, and, and this is the process of inner work. What does it mean to believe what you believe? What's at risk? What will you lose when you heal? And this is huge. And many people at the beginning of this journey could be like, well, I wouldn't lose anything because when I'm healed, I won't have all of this, you know, afflictions. Like I'm not choosing all of this. I don't want all of this. But actually what we can see is when we become healed, as we are healing, we, we lose that entire life because as you know, um, your life looks completely different to how it was. The idea that we can heal chronic illness and keep everything exactly the same, our diet, our life, our relationships, our boundaries, where we live, who we live with, everything exactly the same because that's just not possible. We can't heal in an environment that all together with everything going on, enabled, manifested, and created the exact conditions needed and circumstances, experience, people, places, and things for our body to speak to us, to direct us by manifesting chronic illness. Hey, love. If you're enjoying the show and you're ready to connect with self-healers, attend powerful coaching masterclasses and get access to restoring and revitalizing self-healing practices, head over to notsochronic.com. 
As a huge thank you for being here on the show, you get an exclusive Not So Chronic discount to join us in our membership, exclusive to Women in Healing, the Self Healers Society. You'll get all my best self-healing resources, group support, and powerful coaching all for you in your self-healing. You and your work in the healing arts will be guided, supported, and celebrated. And you will have the chance to come on the show for women in healing ready to share their truth that healing happens. So head to notsochronic.com and join us in the Self-Healers Society. Okay, my love, back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody listening who is earlier on in, in their healing journey, like I was really scared because as somebody also, you know, that has, that has been healing perfectionism, I was like, well, if I try and heal and I fail, then that's really, really scary. But actually... I think almost when you make that mindset shift, when you do the inner work and you work out sort of why you've been believing that you can't heal. And then when you actually look into the science of, of, of bodies and the way in which on the cellular level, our bodies are always healing um, or even read, you know, books around healing. I mean, a great one is uh, Norman Deutsch's um, The Brain's um, Way of Healing. Yeah which has all these different stories about how people have healed from strokes or Parkinson's, you know, like when you actually start to look into it, you can start questioning yourself and, and maybe also find stories of, of recovery, you know, whether that's through, um, you know, your work uh, and the membership, but there are also so many other stories out there about how people heal. Well, yeah, um, I'm so glad you brought that up because as you shifted your core belief, so you were in one reality where healing doesn't happen and that's where you lived and that's what you saw. That's what you got validated back to you because you got an incurable uh, chronic diagnosis. So that was the world around you. And that was probably what you told people. Hey, I have this chronic illness. No, it's incurable. I'm going to have it forever. You probably said those kind of things. And I know I did. And then we become advocates of that and we start advocating for, no, it's real, it's forever. And then when people question us, have you tried this? Have you tried that? We get very triggered and we say, no, you don't understand. This is lifelong. This is incurable. All the while not realizing we're advocating for, I don't want to say the wrong cause because that's our truth at that moment in time, that that is our cause and that's our thing we're getting passionate about or triggered and upset about because no one's believing us or understanding. But then as you change that core belief to healing happens, you started to change your reality because now you're reading different books. You're consuming different things. You're listening to different podcasts. Instead of listening and talking and, and consuming and speaking to doctors and all of that reality about managing a chronic lifelong illness, you're now around experts, professionals, healers, and everyone else in this other reality where healing happens. And so you've literally shifted, your shape shifted into a whole different reality um, by shifting that fundamental core belief. Does healing happen or does healing not happen? And the both are true because I can live in this reality where healing doesn't happen. And that is true for me because guess what? I won't heal. And that's not mm -hmm. saying that that's the only thing. I'm not saying that if we just believe that we won't heal, like, we won't heal. There's so much to this, but that is a real true reality 
But then we have this real true reality where healing happens and it is reflected back to us. Our body heals. We meet experts. We meet healers. We meet them all the time. I know here in Bali, it's not surprising for me anymore to just meet healers. I just meet them all the time. And when I say healer, this has come up in the membership and it's been really fun to explore the word healer because now... I shifted a few, I think about six months ago, what the word healer means for me. In the past, it meant I go pay someone and they do something, whatever it is, maybe with their hands, maybe with their mind, maybe with their, maybe with physical manipulation and moving my body, maybe with talk therapy or some something. And they heal me and they're a healer. And then I shifted to if you healed your own illness, whether that was acute tonsillitis or a scrape on your leg or a blister from wearing new shoes or a chronic illness, you're a healer. We're all healers. And then my reality changed. And now everyone I meet is a healer. And people who don't know they are healers are healers. And I meet someone and they say they have fibromyalgia. They say they have all the things. Maybe they don't know, but I know that we're both healers. And maybe they will. Maybe they'll shift realities too and come into my world. And maybe they won't. Everyone's on their own journey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you talk about it at the end of season one on your podcast, but also, also the importance of uniting um, with other people in healing. I think that was another thing that was really key for my journey as well. Um, because I was in the old reality. I was in the CRPS warrior groups and, you know, the PTSD survivor groups and all of this. And I just don't like resonate with any of those groups, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram anymore, um, because I'm no longer in that reality. Like I was one of, you know, I was one of these people advocating. <laughs> yeah, we were spoonies. Um, we were spoonies, exactly. So I think it, you know, it really is possible to, 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 to make that shift. And I think, you know, you're absolutely right. We do create our own reality. And I think for me, actually, you know, meeting other women in healing has been very healing, if you pardon the pun. <laughs> yes. And then we get to see how it expands on all levels and layers that I didn't even realize that people who have got nothing to do with chronic illness, but they help you in your relationships or they heal stuff to do with sex or stuff to do with diet or stuff to do with things that are completely irrelevant to um, symptoms and illness. I had this epiphany realization that they are healers, that they're all, if anything helps you cultivate self-awareness, which is why yoga is a healing tool and Chinese medicine and all the traditional uh, medicines, anything that helps you cultivate self-awareness, self-discovery to realize who you are, then it's a healing modality and it's going to support you in your healing. And for some people, that's ecstatic dance. For some people, that's painting and crafts and going for walks. And that's why there's no one size fits all prescription. This is how you heal chronic fatigue. This is how you heal chronic pain. This is how you No, it's just anything that leads you to self-awareness. Absolutely. Yeah. What I really am interested in as well is when we figure out why we are, why we have pulled in the exact circumstances required to keep us in patterns over a period of time. And sometimes we even pull in another diagnosis. So we've already got one. 
we're already we're already struggling with one symptom and one diagnosis and then we pull in another one and i say pull in because like we're magnets and we make choices and and it's all energy and we pull in exactly what we need for the next up level for the next growth and then sometimes that can look like pulling in another diagnosis because i've never really met someone with just one diagnosis when it's chronic i i meet we all have a list the longer than our arm and it, this, 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 many of them overlap. Many of them are the same thing with different names. Many of them are the names, syndrome names that, you know, are a hundred different symptoms. And I was just listening to something earlier today and he healed autoimmune disease. And I'm excited to meet a man in this world because that's really fun for me. I'm trying to broaden uh, my reality too and meet more and more healers everywhere. And this man said on his Instagram, how he did the inner work and he understood and saw how he'd manifested not just the first autoimmune disease, but the second autoimmune disease to keep him with the first autoimmune disease because that one was starting to heal and he was losing it. This was all subconscious. This is not conscious thinking of like, I'm going to manifest myself another illness because I don't want to get better. This is subconscious. And so he was talking about how he got the second autoimmune disease. So that would keep him also with the first one and keep him in this air quote safe bubble of where, what illness can provide for us. So that's the other thing, thinking about what it provides for us. What are the benefits? And we can get all irate and upset and say, how can there be benefits to this? It's so suffering. It's so painful. It's so awful. I'm a victim. And while all of that is hundred percent true and it's completely validated, there are still benefits because your body is so intelligent. She wouldn't manifest something unless there was a, a purpose a benefit in there for you, for your survival. Maybe that survival is as simple as a fear of rejection or abandonment and manifesting that illness in some way keeps you safe from that, protects you from that, for example. And this is why it's so fascinating to do that in work and to figure that out. Because then when you figure it out, you have your aha moments and then you can stop choosing it. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you do manifest a new symptom or, I mean, in my case, for example, like, so I injured my right ankle a couple of years ago and that's what led to the, the main diagnosis. But then, you know, last year I was preparing myself to take my yoga teacher training and I uh, injured the other ankle. And so, you know, the, the difference being that you're able to kind of, you know, look at yourself with love and be like, hey, what's going on here? Like, you know, is this fear? You know, are you scared? And, you know, really talk to yourself with, with love. And then rather than seeing these flare-ups or new symptoms or new diagnoses in some cases, as a, a challenge or a barrier yeah or an inconvenience maybe, yes or an inconvenience actually looking at what's behind it and then also seeing it as another opportunity to heal so for example when I got food poisoning a couple of weeks ago I was like oh okay well this is another reminder to my body that I can heal yeah yeah exactly and that you can heal um pretty much by yourself we're always open mm -hmm. to getting help. And sometimes that help does look like pharmaceutical medicine. Sometimes it looks like plants and sometimes it looks like having a coach to support you. But then there's also just with food poisoning, for sure, there's just, you just heal it. You just heal it yourself. 
and that validation again. Oh, so what about this yoga teacher training? Like, what's that? So you tell us, tell us all about this, what's going on. And then your knee injury while you were becoming a yoga teacher trainer, what, because you were still holding on to your old life and your old job and your old things? Yeah. So, I mean, I should be taking the exam very soon, but I am uh, training to be a, a yoga teacher. And I think uh, this is the way that I've kind of, my, my dharma has always been helping others. So I was able to do that through my development work. And then the idea here is that I'm able to now do that in, uh, in this other work that is more aligned uh, to my core values and is more in alignment. Um, so now I've been shifting my focus, not only towards my healing, but also supporting others on their healing journey. Um, so through yoga and meditation. Um, because they brought me so much in terms of like not only my physical healing, but also like my emotional and spiritual healing and also help me and support me to do the inner work. So the knee injury was a little bit earlier. And I and actually now you're talking about this, um, this gentleman on Instagram who manifested another <laughs> another diagnosis to, you know, because he was worried about the other one healing. I wonder if that was maybe something there. Um, but in this case, it was really ego because I was in a yoga class. I tried to do something that I knew probably that I couldn't do and I injured myself. So it was really my ego that led me to do that. And, you know, as a yoga teacher, um, for me, it's all about, you know, adapting the, the pose to the body rather than the other way around, which is, of course, not necessarily what's always seen in, in, in yoga, unfortunately, in yoga physical practice. Um, so this injury, I was, it was like two weeks before I was about to start my yoga teacher training and I fell down the stairs and injured my other ankle. So, I, you know, at the beginning I was like, oh, oh, well, I won't be able to do my training anymore. Okay. I won't be able to do my training. And because, you know, like this training represented so much in the sense that it was a real opportunity for self-discovery, for learning, but also it represented this real move, this real change towards transformation, Right. Because I've been, you know, I was, I'm, I, I'm, I've been working in the international development sector for more than 10 years. I've been working as a consultant, an expert, an advisor, you know, so there's everything that comes with that and the status as you, as men, as you were mentioning. And then suddenly I'm shifting towards doing this yoga teach training. I've signed up and everything and I'm really excited. And then I injure my, my ankle. And of course, yoga teach trainings are pretty physically challenging. So already it was going to be a challenge with my other ankle so of course I would injure the other ankle so that I yes. you know it would put it off a little bit yeah put it off yeah. and everything that the ankles and the legs are all about standing in your truth walking forwards into the unknown into mm -hmm. the next chapter all of that stuff mm -hmm. and then your body wasn't um, attacking you your body wasn't out to get you your body didn't do it on purpose this is all victim consciousness your body said she needs a valid reason because she's telling us because you were either thinking or saying it she needs a valid reason to not do this or to slow the journey down from where she's to where she's going she'll go there but she just wants to go a little slower so here and yes I believe we can manifest um, an accident I've had many um, that have sometimes put me in hospital and still that has been somehow in some crazy way of our own divine doing to support us in 
what we think that we need, whether to slow down something because we're afraid. So the real healing is why am I afraid? And looking into that, what am I resisting? Why am I so Mm -hmm. willing to manifest a symptom, an illness, put myself in hospital or get really unwell and orchestrate all the circumstances required for that to happen, that the Lego or whatever it was that you tripped over had to be there in that specific moment. Or for me, it was a hot water bottle broke and I got second degree burns. And it was like everything that went into that, it's so carefully orchestrated. But we are that powerful. If we don't heal what the, the whole point of that was, we'll likely repeat that pattern. And then we have people saying that they're accident prone. Oh, I'm always falling over. I'm always tripping over. I always have accidents. And I think, well, there's a pattern there. Yeah. And there was also just discomfort there as well, because in the end, I, I gave myself a couple of weeks, you know, to, 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 to heal and, um, you know, really take care. Of, of that ankle but I did the training anyway even though it wasn't fully healed so there was some discomfort there because it really forced me to you know show up as I was on the mat yeah. and actually make all these modifications and make all these you know variations of poses I'm I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure that everything all the symptoms that I manifested all the limitations that have been manifested like I know that I will use that to support others on their journey. So, you know, there's the meditation and the yoga that I do, but I also have um, an Instagram page, Abby's Healing Corner, where I kind of share all the tools and tips from my, my toolkit to show that recovery is possible. So I know that, you know, for example, like I'll be able to support somebody that has an ankle injury or I'll be able to support somebody that has a knee injury because I really believe that, you know, everything that happens, there's a meaning behind it. And I think... Also, that's sort of where I've got to on my healing journey as well. Whereas before, you know, I'd be like, oh, why is this happening to me? This is not fair. Life is, you know, life is so cruel, you know, all of this. Whereas now I'm able to be like, everything is happening for me. And maybe it's, you know, being able to trust the process and maybe not knowing exactly what the purpose or the meaning is behind that symptom or that experience or that flare up there and then, but knowing that it's serving for a a higher purpose. Yes, yes, yes. I'm grinning ear to ear because it's just so true. It's just exactly how it is, of course. And your, your clients, your students will be, you will attract them in and they will have symptoms in their joints or pain here and there. And it's going to be so much easier for you. You don't need to study how to modify yoga asana. You will just know, like, like me too. Many people ask me if there's a book I've read, how do I know um, how to you know, do sun salutations in a chair? You don't have to do them standing or yoga on the bed. And it's because I was chronically sick for almost 10 years and I taught myself, self-taught over here. And it's, uh, we had then can place our hand on our heart. Thank you, body, for leading me there because I wouldn't have put in that time and effort to teach myself that unless I had to. That's exactly it. And, you know, even things like meditation. So for years, everyone was recommending meditation. Um, and, you know, like, I think I, 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 got, I got sick um and this was with uh you know ptsd so so trauma and everyone was like okay do do meditation that will help and you know i kind of dabbled with it a little bit downloaded some apps but i was like oh this isn't for me i can't do it i don't have time for this 
<laughs> didn't want to make time for it, right? But then when I uh, developed the other diagnosis, the ankle injury, you know, everyone was recommending it to me again. And I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. And, you know, actually this time I really committed to it. You know, like I, I, I know in, in my heart, like maybe if I hadn't have been through those experiences, I wouldn't have ever developed this relationship with, with meditation because it's helped me so much with, you know, my healing, with, um, you know, stress levels, with, uh, you know, it's allowed me to cultivate inner peace. It also helped me sleep. I mean, at some point when I was, you know, having night terrors from PTSD and in, you know, extreme chronic pain, sleep was just a bit of a myth. So actually being able to calm my nervous system to activate that parasympathetic nervous system through meditation, through yoga nidra at night, that actually allowed me to find sleep. Yes, as you're talking, we can see how it's all connected because you had to allow yourself the time to do the self-care, to do the meditations, to relax your nervous system, to calm the PTSD, which also would have an effect on manifesting the pain and the chronic pain in your body, which would have an effect on how you show up and operate in your life. You know, not sleeping is clearly going to have an effect in other areas of your life. It's all connected. Yeah. It isn't really about, I mean, obviously for me, it is about the yoga and the meditation, but for listeners here, you know, it isn't necessarily about the yoga. It isn't about the meditation or the journaling, like no one tool is going to allow you to heal because it's really about this inner work. So, you know, challenging your beliefs. I mean, for example, for me, like if I believe that working hard was a struggle, actually sitting down with yourself and saying, do you actually believe that? Like, do you subscribe to that belief still? Um, or do you believe you can work hard and still live a healthy life? Or, for example, around rest, like, do you believe that rest is lazy? Or is rest actually something that's very necessary? I think, again, just reiterating the importance of this inner work, because you can do yoga, you can do meditation, you can do all the oils, you know, you can go to hydrotherapy, you know, whatever you're doing. But if you don't do the inner work, you know, you're not going to, I'm not saying you're not going to heal, but you're... Yeah, you're yeah, you're gonna... level healing. You're covering it up just like a painkiller covers it up. Um, all these amazing therapies, they all in their own way cultivate self-awareness. But if we're willing to let go of the old story, the old story of suffering, the old story that I'm the victim, I'm the martyr, I'm, from one of mine was I'm like the mother. I used to care for everyone all the time at my own detriment. All these old stories and the word story can sometimes trigger people because we are saying that the story is made up. I get to choose if I'm gonna subscribe to that story or unsubscribe to that story. A story could be when I am in more pain, more fatigue, when I'm more sick, I receive more love. And this is a story I tell myself and I can keep telling myself this story and believing it and it will be validated because it will happen. I will get more love when I'm sick because that's my story. And then I'll say, see, he gives me more love. She gives, my mom gives me more love. They give me more love when I'm sick and it's validated back to me. As we start to shift that core belief, I might say, but how am I going to get love? How am I going to get affection? If I heal, then the need, one of the needs that might have been love and affection, I will lose because if I heal, what use, what, why will those people come to me or speak to me or help me? Or maybe I'll have to do more things. Maybe all those 
things people help me do. They help me around the house. They help me with this and that because I'm sick. If I'm not sick, they're not going to help me anymore. No one's going to help me anymore. And this is all real, real fears that we have because we have created this huge life around being sick and it enables us to keep being sick. And we have been clutching and holding on to this story and to this world. But what we will find is we do heal and we heal these underlying patterns. We step out of these patterns. We write new stories. And the new story can be, I'm completely loved. I have so much attention when I'm at my best, at my thriving best. When I'm so healing and I'm so well, I'm surrounded by love. And this is where affirmations come in. And this is where the whole like, oh, so just think positive and you'll heal comes in. And it's like, no, it's not just saying it or even just thinking it. It's believing in it. And then it's making the necessary actions, actual actions, actual steps to make that happen. So that might look like cutting someone out who doesn't, who only cares about you when you're sick. Well, that person's going to have to go because if they only care about you when you're sick, they're validating an old pattern that you want to get out of. And so they're going to have to go. And then you'll find someone else. You'll find new friends. You'll find new people. And this is what we talked about, reconstructing your whole reality around yourself as completely healing and thriving and powerful and beautiful and abundant. Yeah. And again, moving from this, you know, everything happens to me. Yes. And I'm a victim of circumstances versus, you know, like everything is happening for me and I am creating my own reality. Yes. Such an empowering message um, to, I think, end this episode with. It has been such a pleasure to have you on Not So Chronic. I'm going to put all your details in the description box so that listeners can find you and attend your yoga sessions. I know you're teaching online and they can find you on your Instagram channel and just how wonderful it is to work in the healing arts together and to be part of this collective of women healing themselves and then working in healing and helping others heal. It's such an honor to connect with you, Abby. Thank you so much, Sarah, for inviting me on the show and uh, for all that you do. (laughs) I'll just put it in that way. Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure. Okay, my loves, I hope you enjoyed this show. And if you did, remember to check out your not so chronic discount and join the self healers society over at notsochronic.com for powerful coaching masterclasses, self healing practices, and real friendships with real women who heal themselves. We are the revolution. I'm Sarah. See you next time. And remember, healing happens.